welcome to another episode of The Last Podcast You'd Want. What's going on, everybody? Steve here, just saying what's up. As always, let's dive right into what I've been watching. This week, I watched a lot. I watched Leprechaun, the original Leprechaun with Jennifer Aniston, Red Dragon, The Lodge, New Mutants, Puppet Master, American Murder, The Family Next Door, and The Addams Family. Because who doesn't love a good Halloween film? Uh, Stay away from The Lodge, honestly, is all I can say. I was very let down. My wife and I were very let down with this film. Other than that, uh, all the other ones are fun. New Mutants was very entertaining. I, I get people were shitting on it online. Um, I don't I don't know what kind of movie they were expecting. I got exactly what I wanted from the film. I'm not going to talk a lot about it because I think that you should go check it out. Uh, I think that you should rent it or go see it because it's a fun little uh, iteration. It's a fun installment in the world of X-Men. Uh, let alone the fact that they bring in original X-Men. Like, yeah, we've seen original X-Men and other ones, but these are X-Men that haven't been mentioned, let alone seen in any other X-Men movie. Um, lots of uh, fun things coming up, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 96. Today we got my good friend uh, Dirty Doug from the world of professional wrestling. Truth be told, you'll be hearing him again before the year is up. Uh, we talk about a lot of things, great things, how he feels that Toy Story is the perfect movie. Other than that, I, I think we're going to get right into it. Thank you for coming on this continuous journey with me week after week. Uh, the ends, the outs, the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, whatever those may be. I hope that your life is going exactly how you want it to be. Uh, I understand that that life is bumpy and sometimes we go through things that we don't want to go through. Things happen that we don't want to happen and just know that there's always someone there for you. There's always someone uh, to talk to. There's always someone that will listen. There's always someone that's going to care about you. Even if that's someone that you don't know that's name is Steve and runs a podcast. Folks, you can always Hit me up for anything, what you're watching, what you're feeling, what you're going through. If you just need someone to talk, at TLPYW on Twitter, at The Last Podcast You'd Want on Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into it. If you like Dirty, let him know online. His handles are in the links in the bio for the episode. We're going to get right into it, ladies and gentlemen. This is another episode, episode 96, of the last podcast you'd want. Tip the veal, try the staff. Enjoy the episode. Coming out this week to the theaters... We have The Honest Thief, The Doorman, and The War with Grandpa. The War with Grandpa is the one that I look forward to the most. Robert De Niro going to war with his grandchildren. What more could you ask for? Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Coming in at number five at the box office this week, we have Infidel with $0.5 million. Unhinged takes the number 4 spot at 0.8. New Mutants gets knocked down to number 3, coming in at $1 million. 
27 years after being released into the theaters, Hocus Pocus is back in the number two spot with 1.9. And once again, coming in in the number one spot this week with $2.7 million, Tenant. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Last Podcast You Want. Steve, today we bring to the show a friend of mine. You might know him from the world of professional wrestling. You might know him just from being a friend of your own. Who knows? Today, though, I bring to the show Dirty Doug, a.k.a. Doug Alt. Doug, what is going on? Hello. Thank you for having me. Excited to talk some movies and just hang out with my buddy. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this uh, real quick. Because uh, uh, this is different with when it goes from recording to the regular, it's a little different. Do you might happen to have a headphones that you could pop in? Yes, I do. Give me one moment. That would be greatly appreciated. What a lovely ceiling fan. I can hear you good. Can you hear me good? I can hear you good. That's much better. Cause, cause beforehand, I don't know. It's it's background noises are, are like I'm a big I'm a big thing like with background noises on podcasts, mm-hmm. um, and I just heard like a yeah. Which, also, but, let me, I went ahead and turned off my uh, air conditioning as well. So oh, that that might have been what it was. Uh, there and, you go. And then when uh, when it comes to being on a phone. Uh, I find that headphones just work better for the show just just because the quality is coming from one source rather than a source that's coming with. So, okay, cool. Uh, well, then I'm going to go ahead and restart because no one wants to hear this bullshit, especially the part, <laughs> especially the part where I went, what a lovely ceiling fan. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? That was gold. You're erasing gold, brother. I, I am. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're going to re-go. Three, two... Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Last Podcast You'd Want. Steve here, and today I bring to the show a friend of mine from the world of professional wrestling. I have been fortunate enough to have this man under my good graces as the tenure of Everett Scott. I bring a former heavyweight champion, former Golden State champion, current tag team champion who knows if it's going to be current by the time this airs but the current tag team champion from socal pro wrestling mr dirty doug how are we doing today doug oh just keeping it dirty you know as we do that's great doug is uh also known in the world as doug alt uh he's a good friend of mine i'm happy to have him on the show fun story uh about this time last year i asked doug to be on the show he said absolutely uh and i tried to always record at wrestling shows uh where at the beginning of the show we are trying to sell merch and then uh, during the show we are staying away from our opponents and and uh, snarling at them uh, ever so graciously uh, and then you wrestle them 
and then you you have to break down and cool down and then after that you know you try and sell more merch and uh, there was never time at the show uh, to get a recording but I'm I'm happy uh, I, I'm bummed that we're in this quarantine time. I'm also happy that we're in this quarantine time uh, because I have been able to get so many of my good friends on. And and today we get you, Doug. So thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, we are making the best use of this time. I do remember uh, the show that we were originally going to record was the anniversary show. And I was a bit preoccupied uh, with my cage match that I had later on. And then afterward, I was a bit busy uh, getting thumbtacks plucked out of my body. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we're in a much better place to do this episode now. <laughs> absolutely. And I was, uh, I was a little preoccupied with my street fight. And, mm-hmm. and, and That's then, right. And then after my match, I could not walk. Um, so it, it, would not, it would not have been, been well for either of us. Um, but I'm, I'm so great and happy to have you on now. Um, with that, we're going we're gonna to jump into it with a, a question I always love to start with. Uh, have you ever walked out of a movie in the movie theater? I actually thought about this question a lot, and I never have, and I'm not sure that I ever would. Like, it would have to, I don't know what it would take for me to walk out of a movie, but it. I don't think that's something that I would do. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's, that's, and that's fine. That's a respectable answer. A lot of people have appreciation uh, for for the movies and what goes into it, um, and it's lucky that you've never been, had the to go to a movie where you sit there thinking it's absolute trash and you wonder why you were there in the first place. So, yeah, yeah, I uh, I don't go out to movies as much as I don't know what would probably be normal. I really pick and choose when I do so, so that might do something be part of it. Um, Though I guess I have gone to the drive-in and left before the second feature if I wasn't really that interested. So I guess that kind of counts. Okay. But, I mean, but even with that, you're, you're, it's leaving before the movie even starts. So it's right. Still, it's, it's not just, a reflection on the film itself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It also goes into how, how tired you are. Drive-ins can be very, very tiring. Mm-hmm. But know? I do love that double feature going home at like one o'clock after seeing two movies for under 10 bucks. Best thing. Best thing ever. Last drive-in I went to go see, uh, it just actually just popped up on my feed. It was last year. It was the double feature of uh, Deadpool 2 and Super Troopers 2. Ooh, that's a good one. That was a... The the double feature I saw with Deadpool 2 was with uh, Jurassic World 2. Ooh. So that was a fun one too. That one got me right in the feels. That one got Jurassic Park, Jurassic World 2, right when they're leaving the island, and it's the, the silhouette of the, the brachiosaur. Oh, my God. Gets me every mm-hmm. time. Gets <laughs> me every time. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's, so that's, that's fun. I mean, you're not, not the first person to, to not really uh, walk out of movies. Probably won't be the last. It's, it's a reoccurring thing, and I, I love it. Uh, with that, you know, uh, due to the fact that even though you never have, we kind of go opposite spectrum. A uh, movie that, you know, you walked out of, you couldn't stand to a movie that you could just watch every day. Um, probably a movie that I could watch every day would be Pineapple Express and The Big Lebowski. Because both of those are in a similar vein with me where they're just hangout movies. Where it's like the jam band of movies. You can just throw it on in the background and just like check in, check out, see a good scene. 
and not really get tired of either of them for me. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, I absolutely, um, uh, I'm right there with you on, uh, on Pineapple Express. Um, one thing uh, I will almost always think of, and I, I'm, I'm queuing it up. Minutes and 13 seconds. I'm going to ask you several questions. How do you feel? Well, sir, uh, I feel like a slice of butter. Melting. <laughs> Big old pile of flapjacks. <laughs> I love this movie yeah. so much. Uh, My favorite part of that is him just confirming it at the end. Just, yeah. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Private Miller. <laughs> He's like, hold on, hold on. Is this normal? Okay, Private Miller. <laughs> okay, Private Miller. <laughs> Private Miller. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop there. I'm gonna stop there. Uh, fuck yeah. you, fuck you. That's how I feel. <laughs> Illegal. Why aren't we in a square right now? <laughs> you gotta let people know item nine exists. <laughs> this Whoa. is the bee's knees. I fucking oh man. Yeah, okay. So so here's a fun story. Have I ever told you my Pineapple Express story? I don't think so, no. Oh, okay, so I went and saw Pineapple Express uh midnight showing when it came out in the theater. Mm. Walking from the car to the theater, I finished off the end of a blunt, like the roach of a blunt. During the movie, in the middle of the film, it was the scene right before the, the cross joint. I had already seen that clip online, so I went to the bathroom, and I had my piece on me, so I smoked a bowl in the bathroom. <laughs> I, go back to me, I go back to my seat. I'm with my friend. We are like fourth or fifth row from the front of the theater. And my friend looks at me, and he's like, did you just go and smoke weed? And I was like, yeah, I did. And he's like, you fucking asshole. So I pack, I pack my bowl right there. I hand it to him. I say, here you go, dude. I was like, fucking rock out. Go to the bathroom. Have a bowl. And in the middle of the theater, he goes, ah, fuck it. And he just leans down and hits it right there. And he, he pulls up and he passes it to me. And I literally go, ah, fuck it. <laughs> I lean down and I hit the piece. And, we, and we, we both, you know, did it in two. And we cashed it out. And we both blow down. And constantly through the movie, constantly through the movie, you just hear. Well, if there was ever a film to do it at, yeah. You just hear random lighters flicking throughout the film. So I'm only <laughs> assuming that everyone was just continually getting high, but it's the only movie that I have smoked weed in. Uh, actual weed, not my vape pen. Actual weed in a movie theater that, that the theater owner did not know about it. <laughs> Because I, 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 go ahead, please, please. I also have a Pineapple Express story. Um, I was working at a movie theater when it was released, so we got to see them for free, bring our friends. It was fucking awesome. Loved that job all through high school and everything. Uh, so my buddies meet me as I, after I closed down, because we were going to the midnight showing or like the 10 o'clock showing, last one of the night. So I shut down the uh, concession stand and then I go out to my car to meet my buddies. Uh, when we go back into the building, I leave my windows down, my uh, sunroof cracked because car needed to air out. Absolutely. You know? 
And so we watched the movie, hilarious, loved it, laughed our asses off, walk outside, it is pouring. Oh, no. It's the middle of the night, it is dark out, and just torrential downpour. And I round the corner and look at my Jeep with the the sunroof cracked open and all the windows down, just, well, fuck. <laughs> Literal damper on things. Still a great night, though. Still remember it. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is absolutely crazy. I, uh, I, I've, I've only once, like, left a window cracked when it was raining, and it was the, oh, my God. I don't even like to remember it. I can't well, even I mean, imagine having a sunroof cracked. Oh, my God. Well, we, I grew up in the desert of Washington, and it was summertime where it gets triple digits. And when I got that car, it never had air conditioning. So it was always windows down. And didn't yeah. give it a second thought and paid for it that night. Yeah, absolutely. That's funny. Now, what was the other movie? Uh, that it, was, it was Pineapple Express and... The Big Lebowski. Oh, of course, Lebowski. How can we not talk about the Big Lebowski? The dude, El Duderino. The dude. If you're not into the whole brevity thing, yeah. Yeah, just I'm I'm your Lebowski. I'm the dude. Uh, I work a job uh, where people uh, where I work in Sam's Club, and whenever people I don't work for Sam's Club, I just work in Sam's Club at the exit. Whenever people leave with a big rug, I look at them and I go, "What room is it going in?" <laughs> I always go, where, where are you putting that rug? And they'll tell me, they'll go, oh, we're, we're putting it in the living room. And no matter where they say they're putting it, I'll always go, I'm sure it'll really tie the room together. Yes. <laughs> I um, think that every time that I get a new rug. Yeah. Every time. Every time. It, re it, it, really, it really tied the room together, man. Um, mm -hmm. I always tell them, it'll really, I'm sure it'll really tie the room together. And one person, I've been doing it for a year, and one person looked at me and went, was that a Lebowski reference? And I, I just, I just smiled and I went, "It was." And they're just That's like, "Fantastic!" All right, and they kept walking. Like, no, I fucking love Lebowski. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like one of our first introductions to Tara Reid. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah oh. young Tara Reid, Bunny. I'll blow you if you pay. Me. <laughs> um, I'm Phillip gonna go find an ATM, <laughs> a cash machine. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, fucking, fucking. He's PM. great, man. PSH man, Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in rest in power, man. I fucking love that guy. Uh, so I mean, you you talk about Philip Seymour Hoffman, and that's a road in its own, in its oh, own, yeah. right? Because like you, he's just a character of his own. I mean, I, I'm not going to go down this path. I'm not going to go down this path. But Philip Seymour Hoffman is amazing. Uh, you get Jeff Bridges, you get uh, uh, just Julianne Moore, naked Julianne Moore at one point, mm -hmm. and you see her more naked in Boogie Nights, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but no, Boogie, uh, Boogie Nights, but Big Lebowski uh, is great. Uh, I love Coen's. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, they have a lot of great works. Uh, it's not my favorite Coen Brothers film, but it's definitely up there. So, It might be my favorite because it's been a favorite for so long for me. Because I watched Lebowski strangely young because back when we were growing up, internet wasn't a thing or as much of a thing you had limited resources stuff like that and i remember my best friend at the time he told me oh i found out why the big lebowski is rated r it's because of boobs and you know 10 year old me i'm stoked about that so i start watching the movie to find the boobs 
And next thing I know, I'm just watching the movie because it's a great fucking movie. Yeah. And I would, I just since then where I'm like, I forgot why I originally put it on. It's got tied in tired. So Lebowski yeah. forever. <laughs> Lebowski, my favorite thing. And I'll, I'll always bring it up. Uh, do you, have you ever caught Lebowski on cable TV? Oh, yes. When you find a stranger in the Alps. Yeah, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. Bam, bam. You see what happens, Larry? <laughs> you see what happens? Oh, my God. I don't spoil on Chevis. <laughs> that is the all-time best censorship in all movies on cable TV. I, like, I For me, for me, it always comes back to Die Hard 2, and I've said it before. Die Hard 2, yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> and there is not a single character in that movie named Mr. Falcon. No, no. But yippee ki Mr. Falcon. Um, That's pretty great. <laughs> and, and oh, man, so many good ones. Snakes on a Plane. You know Snakes on a Plane? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah. I am tired of these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday through Friday plane. Oh, wow. That plane don't fly on weekends. No. Oh, but that's that's what he said. I'm tired of these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday through Friday plane. Oh, uh, cable. That if I can go off on another little tangent about snakes yep. on a plane. Oh, that's absolutely. One of my favorite movie theater experiences ever as well. Uh, when I was still working at the theater, we go to it. There's maybe two dozen people in the entire theater. And every time that it would, like, switch the focus to the snake point of view, somebody in the back started yelling, snake vision. So then every time it did it, it got to the point where everybody in the theater would chime in, snake vision, every time it went to that POV, POV shot. And it was just great seeing everyone come together for, like, what is probably a shitty movie, but is actually a fantastic movie experience absolutely you know? and just for funsies because you know it's the internet i'm able to pull up And there it is, these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday through Friday plane. That is incredible. <laughs> that is, I, bet you, I bet you they're all up there, man. I bet you... Hold on, hold on. Yippee. Kaye. Mr. Falcon, yeah, it's number three. That is hilarious. Oh, but that's... Why does... What? And here you go. Hold on. And then we'll continue on because, you know, I'm a big geek like this. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love how Snakes on a Plane one sounded a lot like Sam Jackson. And then the Die Hard one it sounded nothing like nothing. Bruce Willis. Nothing. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. They just, like, pulled in the janitor walking by. Like, hey, we need you to record a line super quick. Come here. 
Whereas they probably had like they probably had like Phil Lamar or Dave Chappelle like like <laughs> right there for 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 Sam Jackson or they just might have gotten Sam Jackson. Who knows? No, those are two those are two great movies though. Uh, I love I love both of them. Uh, when it comes to movies though, going to a more youthful time uh, in your life, what are some movies that take you back to your childhood? Oh, uh, childhood big one for me would be Toy Story. That was one of my first favorites. Loved it forever. Still love it. And yeah, it, I, it set the tone for everything that came after it. And it's just a great watch also. Like, I will go sailing no more. That scene when Buzz loses his arm, I defy you to not feel something during that scene. If you don't, you ain't got a heart. Like, it's timeless. Sure, sure. Uh, have you had a chance to see uh, the Toy Story 4 yet? I've actually not watched 4. I see it's on HBO, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. Okay. And and so you so Toy Story is a, a movie from your childhood that, that, that you love, that takes you back. Uh, I, I would say that it's also a very influential film in your life. Uh, do, do you want to bring this up? Do you want me? Because I, I mean... I can read what you, so, so here, 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 this is what I'll do. And then you can go into it. So when I asked Doug to do the show, he goes, he goes, I'm stoked. I could talk about movies for hours. My BA is in film. And for my film history thesis, I wrote an 11 page paper about how Toy Story might be the most historically significant film of our generation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Accurate. Please elaborate now i don't need the 11 page paper but please however long you want to take to elaborate this because this is something that i i'm very interested in hearing because i love toy story and i think the sequels are are good but i love i love toy story uh, right out so please 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 doug the floor is yours yeah i i will give you the cliff notes version of it it's just in every aspect that would make a film historically significant toy story checks every single goddamn box uh, the technological aspect of it. If you look at what animation was when Toy Story was released, everything was still uh, typical animation. We're talking Aladdin was around the same time, uh, Beauty and the Beast. All of those Disney films were the typical animation. Toy Story was the first full-length uh, CGI film. And now if you look at the landscape of animation, everything is full CGI. It's just where the entire industry went as a direct result of Toy Story. Uh, before that, the one that had the most CGI in it was Casper. If you remember that one with Devin Sawa, that's a yeah. nice little footnote. Uh, that one had like 30 minutes of uh, CGI animation in it. Sure, Casper, Fatso, Stretchy. Yeah, and Toy Story tripled that. And so that's just amazing in and of itself. Launched Pixar, which basically runs shit nowadays. Sure. Uh, from an economic standpoint, it, it was the first animated movie to gross over a billion dollars worldwide. So it's like that is in the history books forever just from how much money it made. Uh, from a filmmaking standpoint, it's not the most... I guess, daring script, but it is a classical story structure and was actually originally created 
with the idea of pitting old Hollywood against new Hollywood with like the Westerns with Woody, uh, with the new sci-fi space age Star Wars type thing that happened in the 80s with Buzz. And with that, it was originally going to be, I think, like Paul Newman in the role of Woody uh, to play the role of old Hollywood. So it was created almost as a metaphor for what it ended up making happen by sure. just changing the landscape in general. So it's just which is really a damn which, good film. Oh, it's sure, sure. Film. <laughs> uh, didn't Paul Newman end up becoming uh, uh, Doc Hornet in Cars? Isn't that Paul Newman? Maybe. I don't I don't think I've actually even seen Cars, to be honest. What? Cars? You got to leave the first Cars. No, you see the first Cars. You can skip Cars 2, and from what I hear, because I haven't seen it, you can definitely skip Cars 3. But that's mm. that's real interesting. Uh, if they wanted, if they wanted him, that you know, you know that yeah, yeah, Paul Newman, dog, oh, Doc Hudson, not Doc Hornet, oh, Doc Hudson, yeah, but Paul Newman uh, ended up being uh, uh, an old, and that's funny enough. That's you say that it was old Hollywood versus new Hollywood. Cars mm. is the new Cars versus the old style car, and Paul Newman ends up playing the old car that teaches the old teaches circle, the new- brother. Brother, oh my god, it is full circle. That's hilarious. And then you talk about the cast and crew involved in Toy Story also. You got Tom Hanks. You got Don Rickles yeah. in there you got playing Jim, old you Hollywood got Jim, as well. Jim Varney. Jim Varney, yeah, Andy, a relic Andy, of the 90s. <laughs> Andy, Andy Potts. Mm-hmm. I, can fucks, I can fucks with Toy Story, dude. You got oh, Joseph, yeah. Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He plays Sid. No shit. Uh, I, nine, nine, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I might, I'm, I'm, I don't want to misspeak here. I don't want to misspeak here, but I want to say that that Sid is voiced by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. If I have missed this, I, <laughs> that'd be crazy. Nope, nope, nope. Eric oh, Bondi. Okay. Damn it. I could have sworn. Oh, okay. But he's he's also a a sign of the times. Like he was big in the nineties. Eric Laurie Laurie Metcalf. Uh, Of course, we can't forget Arlie Ermey. He played the sergeant, the drill sergeant. Yes, yes. Uh, And then, of course, Wallace Shawn. I'm looking at the list now. Wallace Shawn is Rex. Uh, John Ratzenberger, who has been in basically every Pixar movie. Uh, as as Ham, uh, Ham in that one. Yeah. And then and then, uh, did you know that Pin Gillette is actually a voice in the movie as well? I did not. Pin Gillette is the TV announcer. Huh. But that's uh, that's man. I man, I man, I thought I was spot on with that Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I was ready for my mind to be blown, man. For real. <laughs> but yeah, when but, they. Uh, gave us the assignment in film history. They said, pick a movie that you can watch over and over and over again. And I knew Toy Story was one that I could watch every day. And I literally did every day for that entire quarter of school. I would just put it on as I did my research, as I did my writing. And I've watched that movie 50 plus goddamn times and still love it. I'll still watch it if it's on. 
I'm thinking. I'm thinking. If I had to pick a movie to write a paper on, it'd probably be Blues Brothers. Ooh, I could watch that movie. I could watch that movie every day. And that's that's just that's that's just a a, a great. I mean, so much you can get into with Blues Brothers. The the story on its own. The kid, once again, great cast. Uh, it's a musical, uh, which brings in that great element of it. Uh, it's uh, one of the only films to do an entire chase scene through a mall. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the film, the film, the, I, I would consider the film revolutionary for the time. Uh, it, it's got so many great elements to it. Um, but, but that's great. Uh, Toy Story is, is amazing. And, and you wrote an 11 page paper on it. Uh, and it, it checks all the boxes. It's, it's a Disney princess. It's, uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, that's great. I love it. Uh, it's the best Disney princess. <laughs> Uh, with that, though, uh, we do get uh, to the next question, uh, and that's uh, favorite director. Do you have someone that you like to lean towards more than others? Uh, yes. So we're going to go completely other end of the spectrum with this. I feel like it's cliche to say Tarantino, but it's Tarantino, 100%. Sure. It's, not, it's not cliche. Uh, it's, it's one of, I'd say the top two directors that always get mentioned on this podcast are either Quentin Tarantino or Mel Brooks. So I'm mm-hmm. fine. Like Tarantino is great. Uh, what is what's your favorite Tarantino film? Why 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 is it your favorite Tarantino film? Um, that is a good one. Uh, one of my favorite might be Jackie Brown because it was like the last of his that I had seen. In that, like I I had gone through Reservoir Dogs. Pulp Fiction, The Kill Bills, and then I had never seen or heard of Jackie Brown. And then throwing that on, it just, like, right when he was in his wheelhouse, right in his prime. And that one's just fantastic. Okay, okay. De Niro's fantastic in it. Sam Um, Jackson, Bridget Fonda, Jackie Brown, or Jackie Brown, um, uh, Pam Greer, Robert Robert Forster, Michael Keaton. Mm Mm-hmm. Just no, the, the list goes on and on, like, uh, and and fucking um, Robert De Niro has one of the best. Uh, uh, well, I should say Bridget Fonda has one of the best deaths. <laughs> yeah, just shut up! Just shut your mouth! Just shut your fucking mouth! Just shut up! She didn't. She wouldn't shut up. No. Um, but yeah, no. Jackie Brown is great. Have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet? I did see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm mixed on it, I think. Do you need to watch it again? I probably should. Okay. What are your thoughts on Inglorious Bastards? I did really, really like Inglorious Bastards. I like the whole idea of how his universe doesn't have the same history as ours and how that relates to everything in it. So I am a big fan of that. What I think is very humorous is, is people got really upset the things that kind of happened at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The film is called Once Upon a Time. It's a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. That's how it starts. Here's the funny thing about Inglorious Bastards. Do you know how it starts? Once Upon a Time in Nazi-occupied Germany. There you go. He tells you right at the get-go. I, did, I researched it for an interview I had a bit back. Um, but I, re- I rewatched uh, Inglorious Bastards. And it, it just made me giggle that it literally starts with 
once upon a time. And I want to <laughs> say, I, I want to say it says in Nazi occupied Fr like France. Okay. I think I said Germany the first time. It's France, not Nazi occupied France, because that's where the film takes place. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's Tarantino is a great director. He's a great writer. Uh, he's done 10 movies, even though he says he's only done nine. Uh, so <laughs> he can only do 10. Um, I think it's silly that he's putting a limit on his potential just because no, if it, like he's been saying from the get go, I'm only doing 10. I'm only doing 10. Right, and, right, right. And, and he never, he never had to do that just because he, people love his work so much. Like his core crowd isn't going to care if he breaks his, his work. Like he already has yeah. he's made 10 movies. He's directed 10 movies, regardless well, of what. He... No, go ahead. I, I think that the issue that I had with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is I'm still not entirely clear on, like, what the point was, you know? What Where you his, his, well, his other it's films all had a very succinct point. Like, Kill Bill, it was about revenge. revenge. Yeah. Uh, Reservoir Dogs, it was about a heist go going wrong and how paranoia can set in. For Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it seemed more just like, here are things that happened to people. Like, I don't know what Once the purpose or the point or the through line was. I his, still don't know. It's his love letter to Hollywood. That's all <laughs> it is. It's his love letter to Hollywood. Like, it's uh, old-timey. Okay, okay, so let me put in some great... Let me just, just throw some things out there. I, and, and if my... Okay, so you're, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, so if you want to listen, you know probably what I'm going to say. If you want to fast-forward, fast-forward. So some of the things that I really love about the film, uh, the scene in the drive-in theater, the Santa Monica drive-in, mm -hmm. it's not around anymore. It got demolished years ago. That's all a miniature set. That's, oh. a, min that's a miniature car. Those are miniature cars. That's remote-controlled. Remote uh, that's all a mini mini set with a handheld going behind. Um, so Tarantino still goes instead of going full out like CGI, like a lot of directors do with modern technology. Tarantino's taking it back to that. Uh, I'm not trying to explain what the film is. I'm just saying what I loved, what I the, the, uh, about. Right. Yeah. Um, it's it's all about. So the the film revolves around around Leonardo DiCaprio. And and how he's basically a washed up actor that's trying to re that's trying to continue his career and, and and not necessarily reinvent himself. I've only seen the movie twice and it's not that fresh in my mind, so I'm kind of going off of of, of that. But uh, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, uh, and and like I just know that it's I knew walking into it that it was his love letter to Hollywood. I knew that that there wasn't going to necessarily be like. A running theme for it like much like all of his other films that have a, a continuously running theme the only other one that's kind of like that is pulp fiction pulp fiction doesn't really have a theme about it it's just multiple interconnecting stories in the world right yeah um and i think it, and and i'll just go into this and then we can go on we can go on to elsewhere uh this goes back to tarantino limiting himself on 10 movies saying that he only wants to do 10 movies uh he 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 has one more in in the in the bucket, right? And he's talking about how he wants to do a Star Wars movie, which is great. But I'd love to see a Vega Brothers movie, like like give me, give me like he's talked about it before, like mm -hmm. like John Travolta, Ma Michael Madsen, two separate films, like Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, 
and they're brothers. They're both they're like it's it's whether whether they never officially say it or not. They're both Vega. It's Vincent right. Vega and and uh, I forget Vic Mr. Vega. Vic Vega. Yeah. Yeah, Vincent and Vic. Like I as much as I would have loved to see a Vega Brothers film, I feel like that ship has sailed because the Vega Brothers are Michael Madsen and John Travolta. And so if you were to make the movie, it would have to be them. I don't think it would work casting younger people to do a prequel, but it has to be a prequel for, you know, reasons. <laughs> but, unless you're, unless you're going to get into the whole multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's true. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. No, I fucking love Quentin Tarantino and everything that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I could, I could talk and, about Tar- Tarantino for hours with all this stuff. On that note, um, what's true romance okay. fucking love true romance. Sure. And the only thing that I don't love about it is that it wasn't directed by Tarantino because it, there is a timeline where Tarantino wrote and directed that film and it's just fucking phenomenal, I'm sure. Oh, but, sure. What's yeah. crazy, what, what, what I'll say what's crazy with Tarantino is, is the things that he films and then we'll delete from and then we'll just throw on the cutting floor that we will never see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cloris, Cloris Leachman filmed a scene for Inglorious Bastards. I've never heard that. I heard that from, okay, so... So this is this is the person that I interviewed. I had Sam Levine on the show. He mm-hmm. plays he plays one of the bastards. He's the shortest bastard. Um, and I, I remember him from uh, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Absolutely, he does talk about he talks about that on the episode. There's okay. a lot of good things. It, that's actually the episode that drops tonight. Uh, that's awesome. a little bit great. That's a little, that's a little inside baseball for anyone that listens to the show. That the day I dropped the Sam Levine episode is the day I recorded the episode with Doug. Um, Easter. <laughs> it, it is. Um, uh, but yeah, he told me that Tarantino filmed a scene with Cloris Leachman, uh, and it got deleted. And and like he was having a conversation with someone, and they basically said, "Oh, do you think Quentin will ever release like a director's cut with all of the you know deleted scenes?" And and I just chuckled because I already knew the answer because Sam was like, "What what you get from Tarantino is the director's cut. What you yeah. see is exactly the the studio has no say in what Tarantino makes. Like Tarantino's at that level that he has he has final say, final word, final cut, final everything. Mm-hmm. And it's it it bums me out because you got to think that there are probably some great scenes and people that were in fuck who knows Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Kill Bill, like just like I can tell you right now, Michael Jai White was in Kill Bill. That is actually something. Okay, that scene you can find. That scene I want to say is online. I want to say that deleted bit was released. Let me look at that real fast. I won't play it. I'll just check for you. And. Uh, Michael Jai White, uh, Kill Bill. Yeah, Kill Bill scene. Yeah, he was we're, in... We're talking Urkel, yes? That no, Michael that, Jai White? No, no, that's that's uh, Jamel Johnson, or that's, uh, oh. that's Michael... No, Michael Jai White is, uh, if you saw him, he's, he's a ripped dude. Um, uh, now you got me wondering what Urkel's name is. Hold on. <laughs> 
What was that? Family Matters? Yeah. I always get all of those because I get that Maybe. as as odd as it sounds, uh I get I get uh uh like like Family Matters step by step. Um there was another one, I forget what it is. Uh he is Jaleel White. Oh, okay. No, Michael Jai White. I- if you saw if you saw Michael Jai White, you'd you'd know who it was. But he he had a deleted scene, and it's funny that I say that because now I remember that that the the Kill Bill DVD actually did have deleted scenes on it. Um, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. That's fucking it's Tarantino though. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Michael J. White. I met I met at Comic Con uh, uh, Michael Madsen, Michael J. White, and David Carradine uh, promoting Kill Bill, uh, and that's when I got Michael Madsen to do my voicemail. That's awesome. Yeah, I once I once had a voicemail that was this is Mr. Blonde and you've reached Steve's voicemail. So are you gonna bark all day, little doggy, or are you or gonna you leave a message? Buy. No, you're gonna leave a message. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. I had friends that would call my phone. I'd be like, Hey, what's up? I'm at work and they'd be like, No, 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 I wanna call back and hear your voicemail. My friend is here and and I had friends that would call my phone just to hear that fucking voicemail. And Don't dude, pick up, dude. Don't pick up. I, I want to. And then, then I'd have friends that would text me and they'd say, don't pick up. I want, you know, I, I want to play the voicemail. It was, it was hilarious. Uh, but no. Um, yeah. Uh, and the only one that we I think we haven't mentioned uh, is Hateful Eight. I, I only watched Hateful Eight once. And um, that was enough. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really stick out to me as much. Maybe I got to go back and watch it again. But not not a fave for me. Yeah, it's yeah. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I understand the time period, far too much use of the N-word and I could do without the scene with Sam Jackson uh describing what he did to to that guy's son. Mhm. Every time yeah. I could do without it. Um but with that, we do uh with directors, directors it takes a a great uh Ability to to direct uh, the talent that we have. With that, we go to actors, actresses. Some of your favorites. Uh, I think my favorite actress at this point it would have to be Alison Brie. Where just everything that she does, I'm a big fan of. Uh, first saw her in Community, and she was great in that. Played that role perfect. And then went a very different route in Glow which I absolutely love. And she's phenomenal in that. And then her voice acting in BoJack Horseman also. Just everything she does is extremely watchable. So right now, she's top of my list. Yeah, absolutely. Give me me one second, because you said Alison Brie, and I automatically in my head um, thought Brie Larson. Oh, yeah. So I was going to be like, I really loved her on United States of Terra. And then you were like community and glow. And as soon as you said glow, I was like, who the fuck was she in glow? And then I was like, oh, Alison Brie. Yeah, no, she's fucking amazing. Yeah, everything that she's doing is great. Um, Glow Glow gave us what a lot of us wanted on community. (laughs) Alison Brie topless. Yeah, I follow. Yeah. uh, uh, really fun, really fun watching shows and movies with the wife when there's nudity. Um, cause like there's nudity on the screen and like half the time I'm fidgeting on my phone anyways. And then I see boobs and I'm like, 
oh, I can't look to see if she's looking at me because, like, I've been looking at my phone, but uh, there's boobs. <laughs> Do you have that issue with your wife? Uh, no. My mom has a saying, parts is parts, and my wife has adopted that saying, so, you know, <laughs> ain't no thing. Parts is parts. Parts is parts. That's super funny. Um, uh, but, uh... What the fuck were we talking about? Uh, actors, actresses, Alison Brie. That's fantastic. right. That's uh, right. Uh, I actually want to rewatch uh, with this quarantine. Lots of lots of things to uh, to rewatch. Um, uh, and Community is one of the things that I do want to rewatch. I'm pulling up Alison Brie's uh, uh, catalog right now of her of her work. Yeah. And I see that she's got. By the time this airs, it might be out. But uh, she's starring in a new movie directed by Dave Franco. Like, is, it, uh, is it The Rental or Happiest Season? Uh, the Rental, yeah. It's okay. supposed to be a spoopy one. A spooky uh, one? Yeah, I think. Ooh, ooh one-minute clip from, from that. Let's see here. You said Dave Franco. Wow, Dave Franco, brother of James. Yeah. And he's not even starring in it. Ooh, they got Toby Huss. Fucking love Toby Huss. I don't know if I know him. Do you ever watch The Adventures of Pete and Pete? Oh yeah. He's Artie, the strongest man. Oh. World. That is such a weird reference. Such uh, a deep cut. Uh, but like, I know exactly who you're talking about now. Like, it's the main. It's, it's so, main sp- so specific, but it hits so good with me. So. Yeah, sure. Well, well here, here, here's another fun one for you because you might not know that it's him. Have you seen the new Halloween film, the Danny McBride Halloween film? No. Danny oh. McBride did a Halloween film. He wrote. He wrote with his pal a, a, a Halloween film. It's the newest Halloween film where Jamie Lee Curtis comes back as Laurie Strode. I no. I'm came out. Like, came out at all. Came out like two years ago. Okay. I'm watching. Either way. Either watching. way. Toby Huss is in that one. Oh yeah, you say you were looking for good uh, horror films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hall- Halloween. I was also going to say. I mean, you've probably seen it, um, uh, and it's technically a horror film. But you seen Cabin in the Woods? Oh yeah, yeah. I really liked that one. It uh, subverted expectations in all the right ways. I walked know? into that movie with no expectations and loved it. Well, um, I thought it. Was- the run-of-the-mill horror film and then i'm like oh it's actually uh turning the whole genre on its head it really yeah and it was chris hemsworth right between like thor and the next mm-hmm. big the next big marvel movie uh so oh yeah no that that's a great one i mean so many good so many good horror films uh, in general i'll recommend i'll recommend for you because you're looking good for a good horror film and you're it, it, i don't know how easy one this will be for you to find but if you want to write this down uh, I believe it's a Korean film, so it's all it's all going to be subtitled, but it's mm. called Three Extremes. Three Extremes. Okay. Let me let me let me. I'll just because I got because I got it right here. I got the internet right here, right with Google, at the at the tip of my finger. So I'll look that up real fast. Uh, do you happen to have a favorite actor you want to you want to throw out there? I had a harder time trying to think of a favorite actor um because i can't pinpoint someone that like specifically i really dig like i do like watching a lot of leo films the majority of his i really enjoy um 
but I think the actor that when he shows up on something, I go, oh, it's him. Martin Starr. I love me some Martin Starr. We talked uh, a little bit about Freaks and Geeks before. He was Bill on that. Uh, he was in Silicon Valley as Gilfoyle. He was in uh, one of my favorite shows of all time, Party Down. Oh, which... he's, uh, he's in the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, and, that, and now I think that's the only real movie movies he's done. But like every time I see him on screen, I'm stoked about it. He did, uh, I did. I couldn't get through the movie. Let's see. He did a movie I want to say. Oh, where the fuck is it? Um, uh, no, he's he's done he's done a lot of a lot of stuff. Uh, he was on Yo Gabba Gabba, um, Adventureland. That's what I that's what I also know him from. I couldn't get through that movie. Uh, he was oh he was also in Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story. Oh yeah, he was one of the. Uh, he's Schmedrick. The he's, he's he's one of the one of the the rabbis. I want to say or the lawyers. Right. He, he's a knocked yeah. up. He was a knocked up with. He was Shepard. great. Knocked up. Yeah. yeah well, and, yeah, because that's that's what that that's going back to the Apatow. He was in Stealing Harvard. He played the liquor store clerk in Stealing Harvard with uh, Tom Green and Jason Lee. I don't even need to look that one up to tell you the two main stars for it. He has an episode where he visits uh, Jay Baruchel in Undeclared, and that's a hilarious episode. That's another underrated show, I think. Undeclared was fantastic. He was on an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Huh. I don't remember that one. One, He was on one episode. (laughs) But no, he's, yeah, he's got got a lot of good stuff. He was on uh, one episode of Parks and Recs. That's a fun show. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's got a, a bunch. He was on an NTSF SD SUV. Oh, that uh, on Adult, Adult Swim. Swim show, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a fun one. That's uh. a fun show. Yeah, Spider Man Homecoming, Spider Man Far From Home. Uh, he plays Mr. Harrington. Yeah, he's really mm-hmm. and, and of course Silicon Valley. Uh, so really, you know, hopefully, hopefully, seeing a lot more of him. Uh, always a super funny guy. Um, as far as Three Extremes go. Uh, three extremes. It looks like is available possibly for rent for three ninety nine on Amazon Prime or three ninety nine on Vudu if you happen to have that. It's also on oh. YouTube and Google Play. Right on. So uh, that one is very. I, I I've watched that one once in my life, and and I'd say I mean I wouldn't say that's one that you can. I, I think other people might enjoy it, but if you're looking for for interesting horror films, three extremes. Um, with that, we do actually come to, uh, kind of what that falls under and that's favorite genres. Uh, yeah. The reason I asked for horror films is because uh, that's a very neglected genre for me. Uh, 90% of the time I'm all about comedy, dark comedies, uh, like campy comedies, anything. I, when I throw on a movie, most of the time it's to laugh and stuff like that. Like I have to be in a specific mood to, go on a real emotional drama journey with something like I I have to be in a specific mood to watch Schindler's list or 12 years a slave or the pianist or something like that. the majority of the time movie for me, means like we're having a good time and giggling. So I'm hundred percent a comedy guy. That's great. I love comedy. Uh, Of course. I mean, who doesn't, what are, what are some of, uh, what are some great comedies you like to go to? Um, 
one that I was really surprised when I first watched it, because even though I was young, it was still really old at that point, was The Jerk. Because to me, like Steve Martin in The Jerk is just peak physical comedy and like not necessarily like dumb comedy, but like don't if you overanalyze it, you're not going to enjoy it, but just sit back and have a good time. Steve Martin and the jerk is fantastic. Somebody hates these oil cans. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's great. Uh, Dude, Steve Martin is always a great one. I was just talking uh, the other day with a buddy, uh, which is a future episode, funny enough, mm-hmm. uh, about uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Like, you can just, so many great, um, oh, do you not know Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? I don't think I've watched that one, no. Steve Martin and Michael Caine as con artists. Oh. They recently, I got one to watch now. They recently remade it with um, Anna, what's her nut, and Rebel Wilson, and it's called The Hustle, Anne Hathaway. Okay. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's no, it's no good from what I hear. It's no, it's no, it's no good. It's no good. Uh, no, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, definitely. And I want to say Bernie's at Peter's is also in that one. Um, it's been a minute since I've seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. No, Steve Martin is, is always great. You got Three Amigos. You have um, <clears throat> The Man with Two Brains. Uh, even, even his cameo. <coughs> Excuse me. Even his cameo in um, the Muffin movie. Fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Sir, would you like to smell the cap? That's his. That's his like line. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> um, but no, I. I um, uh, comedy, comedy is always great. Um, you do mention horror. You've been you've been trying to watch some horror films. What are some horror films that you've recently been watching? Uh, recently, I just watched Hereditary. That uh-huh. one scared me. Yeah, scared me. That yeah. was creepy one have you watched uh, so mari yet i have not that's the next one on my list everyone was saying that one so that's probably later today good luck on that one <laughs> i watched the lighthouse also that one was unsettling for sure willem willem defoe plays like an excellent unsettling character it uh his performance in that kind of reminded me a bit of his performance in American Psycho, where, like, he wasn't even the psycho. He wasn't the one who was supposed to be unsettling, but his performance in that was off-putting. Well, so, Defoe's performances in most of his movies are off-putting, but... Yeah, I guess that's true, but it's in, how, in the how, best way possible. How was Robert Patterson in that? Um really good i mean i don't have a lot to compare him against i haven't seen the twilight movies i haven't watched i don't know if i've seen any of his movies but he was excellent in that okay that's good um i mean i i guess i've seen him in a goblet of fire and he fucking rules to cedric diggory but that's it <laughs> not, not many people really everyone always goes oh, to tonight <laughs> uh everyone everyone always goes to twilight not not many people remember that he was uh he was in goblet of fire my favorite of all the harry potter movies same same it's also my it's favorite a- it, it's my favorite of the books as same, well. same i've been listening to him on a audiobook again and 
that one, it's just the balls. It's fucking awesome. That's awesome. Uh, and, and this is completely unrelated. Uh, have you read any more, or have you listened to any more of American Gods since we last spoke? No. no okay. okay. No, no, no. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, oh, that I want to, I want to reread. I'd like, I know every, I, I, it's, it's been, it's, I like to take a couple of years in between reading it, uh, because mm. there are certain elements in the books that I won't remember. Uh, and then you start reading it and then you remember, but oh my God, I've read American Gods like three times. It's fucking oh, amazing. I'm, I'm really digging it so far. Oh, time. Doug is current. Doug is currently listening to, uh, to American Gods by Neil Gaiman. If you don't know American Gods by Neil Gaiman, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, or listen to it being read on book. It's a fucking amazing. So far, so great, buddy. Oh my goodness, that's so amazing. Uh, with that, uh, horror's fun. Well, real quick, while we're still, uh, I know it's a podcast about movies and shows, but if we're throwing out books right here, anything by David Wong is fucking awesome. John dies at the end. This book is full of spiders, uh, futuristic violence, and fancy suits. David Wong favorite author right now all right excellent yeah good, that's good to little know. side tangent <laughs> um uh talking of horror films tiffany and i uh recently watched the conjuring series Ooh. uh we have watched all uh, with annabelle right yeah yeah we've watched all of them with the exception of the curse of la llorona and uh which is just very loosely tied to the series and okay. No, that was part of it. Uh. And Annabelle Homecoming. She hasn't seen Annabelle Homecoming yet. I saw Annabelle Homecoming in the theater. Uh, Annabelle Homecoming was actually my first film in the Conjuring series to watch. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I just dove straight into the deep end. <laughs> I think I've seen one or two of those, but couldn't remember which. Well, The Conjuring is available on Netflix right now. Take, now, kids, don't take my word on this, because this is coming out in December. And that, <laughs> that, and that makes no sense to you now, knowing that not, not knowing that we are in May. We are in May. And this oh, is coming out. I didn't December. even know what month it is. Man. I know. It's so crazy. I, I barely even know what day it is. I only know what day it is, because I know I have to release my podcast tonight. Um, that is the only thing that keeps me on track is the date on which I have to release my episodes. No, Conjuring is currently available on uh, uh, Netflix. Uh, do you have Vudu? Do you know Vudu? I just recently downloaded Vudu to watch the Ninja Turtle films. So yeah, I have Vudu now. <laughs> um, they have Conjuring 2 for rent uh, for a couple bucks. And then they also have we've rent, we've basically rented the rest of them. We rented Annabelle. We rented Annabelle Creation. Okay. Um, so we rented. You know, we didn't rent Conjuring Two because my brother-in-law owns it on. Con no, that's not. Don't worry about that. Uh, we've been watching the Conjuring series though. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, uh, <clears throat> and I'm probably gonna try and get her to watch the Alien series. She says she's she's oh, seen oh, them, oh. but I wanna. We, we just watched Aliens yesterday or the day before so fucking like i alien and aliens are both so good and what i love is that they're completely different styles of movies with sure. alien it's all slow burn all tension aliens it's like fuck it dude flamethrowers bill paxton let's have a good fucking time so so, so two fun things uh, this one I knew. The other fact I actually just found out the other day 
Um, uh, Sam Rockwell based his entire performance in Galaxy Quest off of Bill Paxton and Aliens. That makes so much sense. When you say that, like, I see it clearly. Because Galaxy Quest was another one that uh, back in college we watched a lot in film history. Sure. Because it's like, script-wise, it's a perfect film. But that's just, that is hilarious. I totally see it. And the other thing that I just found out, um, uh, the gentleman that plays Hicks in Aliens Mm -hmm. was not originally supposed to play Hicks. James James Reamworth? Here, hold on. Here, hold on. I got to get his actual name real quick because it was just. Uh... James Remar, Dexter's dad. Okay. He was originally supposed to play Hicks and he got fired like a week before uh, because he, he was drinking a lot. Uh... I might have to put this episode after the episode in which that person tells me that story. <laughs> you're, you're, you're still you're still possibly coming out in December. You may come out in January. <laughs> I pull audibles like that all the time, so it's a mystery. It is a mystery. When the fans hear this, they'll know they'll know the answer, but they mm-hmm. they won't they won't. It's it's they get the answer after the question has already been asked and they are unaware of it. Um, but yeah, Just so when you have all the answers, that's when I ask the question. That's right. That's what Roddy Piper said, right? I think so. Something like that. The great, great uh, Roddy Piper. I always told Tiffany that we fair and and anyone listening, please feel free to steal this uh, because we're probably never going to get a Rottweiler. uh, But I always told her if we got a Rottweiler, regardless of whether it was a boy or a girl, I was going to name it Piper. So it would be it would be our little rowdy Roddy Piper. Fantastic. I like it. It's it's you know me, man. Jokes. I got a ton of them. Um, with that though, uh, to some fun genres, uh, we go to a, a, a younger time for, for, for young, uh, dirty Doug when he was possibly just dirt Doug. Uh, and that's childhood crushes, just like teenage years, your formidable years of becoming, you know, a, a, a boy to a man or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. Uh, first crush ever pink ranger. My oh, first... a- Amy Joe Johnson. Yes, sir. Oh, man. That's forever great... and always. Forever and always. Amy Joe Johnson is a great one. Mm-hmm. I, watched, uh, I, watched, I watched Power Rangers as a kid. I loved it. My buddies and I, we played it in the neighborhood. I was the Black Ranger because I related to Zach the most of all the characters. Oh, wow. That's the one I liked of all the Rangers. It, was also, it also had to deal with the fact that he was the Mastodon. Like, I loved the Mastodon. Yeah. I was one of those kids who fought over who got to be the Red Ranger. I was basic. I ain't too proud to admit it. See, I was never a Red Ranger kid. Uh, I would have I would have possibly gone with the Blue Ranger, uh, but, like, my best friend in the whole wide world, Nikki, uh, was like, oh, I like the fucking Blue Ranger. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not the Blue Ranger. Uh, and yeah. I definitely, de- and that might also have been why I, you know, navigated over to, to Zach as well. Um uh, I mean, I think I really just liked him from the get-go because I, I never really cared for Jason. I wasn't, I wasn't, I don't think, I don't think much of the Tyrannosaurus Rex. I, I think, I got a funny bit. This is my bit. I think, so animals, animals evolve to, to further themselves in the world, right? I think that mm-hmm. the Tyrannosaurus Rex de-evolved to further itself in the world. 
I think it shrunk itself into a formidable house pet that we all have today called a chihuahua. Because hear me out, hear me out. T-Rex chihuahua, big head, small body. Big head, small body. T-Rex, king of the dinosaurs. Chihuahuas think they are king of the dogs. <laughs> they have a horrible bite. No one wants, everyone will get in the way of a Rottweiler in a fight. No one will get in the way of a chihuahua in a fight. No one wants a chihuahua bite. No one you wants have, that. You have such strong feelings about T-Rexes and chihuahuas. I've never seen this side of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very passionate about T-Rexes de-evolving into chihuahuas. Tell me, I mean, I do have, I do have a little bit of a point, though. There's yeah, a yeah. little bit of a case. For so. their longevity, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, I don't even know. And that leads me to, we're back, a dinosaur story. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we were just talking about, we're back, a dinosaur story. And unfortunately, that, uh, that, 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 that great hour conversation that we just had on, we're back, a dinosaur story, I, it just somehow got lost in the mix. And, and uh, we, we don't want to talk about it again. We, <laughs> we exerted all of that energy for an entire hour just talking about we're back, a dinosaur story where they are in a, a parade in New York City and the people think that real dinosaurs are floats. And that's all I'm going to say because that's all, that's all I'm willing to exert from the hour-long conversation that we just had about we're back, a dinosaur story. Doug, what was the first movie to give you nightmares? Uh, honestly, the first movie to give me nightmares was... I, I swear to God, if you say we're back, a dinosaur story. <laughs> no, I'm going to have nightmares about <laughs> we're back, a dinosaur story. Every nightmare I have for the rest of my life is going to be about that goddamn movie. <laughs> first movie that ever gave me nightmares was Titanic. I know. It's not the answer you're looking for, I know. With, with, uh, Leonardo, I was... with Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. And, Correct. And, and, and Kathy Bates. 100%, yes. The unsinkable was... Molly Brown. That's who Kathy I was played. eight years old when that film was released. You and... make me feel old. <laughs> you said you were well, in I had high... to. I had to look it up, and it said 97. And I'm like, oh, shit, I was eight. So I guess that's not too old to have fucking nightmares. But when I went to sleep that night, all I saw were, like, the dead, frozen, floating bodies in the water, you know? Yeah. And so it, it really stuck with me. And I ain't too proud to say that I slept on my parents' floor that night. Fuck it. And your heart will always go on. My heart will go on. That song still holds. Did you, go, did, you go, did you go that one purely to see the boobies as well? Uh no, I I was eight when we first watched it, so like so, I just went so that, family. That, that was just my, a bonus. Yeah, my sister was obsessed with Titanic. She looked it up, like read about it a lot, so it was a big thing. Once we got the VHS tapes, you know the the two VHS the two, tapes, the two VHS tapes, the double VHS tape. Yeah, uh, that's when I found a big appreciation for that scene. Like twenty minutes before the end of tape number one. That shit got watched a lot. So the tape was fine, and then it got to the 
that I could just only imagine yeah. like your sister going to watch it and her being like, the scene with the with the drawing is really worn. Like the rest mm. of the film is fine yeah. quality, but but this one it's I don't understand. You're just yeah, no, like, no, just I, let it play. Just I, let I, it I heard I heard that happens with the end of the tape. It's like the end of the spool, so it's like more worn. It's a really common thing if you look yeah, it up. Yeah, but like ten minutes after that scene, it just gets fine again. Like for the credits and everything, it just gets fine. I don't understand why this, why just this five minute segment of the tape. I don't understand. Just this five minutes of the tape. It's just always it's worn, and you know what I mean. Look at the quality compared to here, Dad. Look at the quality. What's up with my tape? You need to buy me a new tape. I'm sorry. I'm well, then the DVD came out, so it was all good. Oh. And then you bought, <laughs> then you bought two because you know it just got worn out anyways from the first one. But um, just watch so, the Big Lebowski again. So Titanic, Titanic is the first movie to give you nightmares. That's that's up there for for some of the most original answers that I've had. That's right up there with Pinocchio. And, oh, and Pinocchio and, was it like they turned into the donkeys? No, it would it be that? It was Monstro the Whale. Oh, and well, also, also, so go to Catholic school because if so, the whale doesn't scare you because you know Jonah's fine. Yeah, he got swallowed by whale, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know the Bible. Oh, did I it, I know it. Did much. a did a dude get swallowed by a whale? Yeah, How but he survived he... because he believed in God or something. Or something. I don't know. So he believed yeah. God, and then the the man up in the sky that that I will neither confirm nor deny exists because what you believe and what I believe is neither here nor there, and I I support you for your beliefs. Uh, that 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 did did he get shit out or did he come out the blowhole? That's my question. Uh, I or think did it was the, or, did the, or did the whale just open his mouth and be like, "I'm sorry, I swallowed you, sir. Please be free." Whoa. Yeah. Closest to option C, yeah. I think he just kind of regurgitated him, and then Jonah was like, "Thanks for protecting me while I was in that whale's belly." And the story, the moral of the story is like trust. I would have like, I would, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna make this into a movie, but Jonas is gonna get thrown out the blowhole, and when he does, he's gonna turn into Iron Man, and then, are you ready? Boom! And he's right out the fucking blowhole. Boom! Like, like that's that's my version. He goes out the blow. I'd watch that film. I'd watch that Veggie Tales. <laughs> oh man, I saw a meme the other day where a guy had had a tomato and a cucumber. He's like, I've been looking at these fuckers for two hours and they haven't said shit. Um, <laughs> I tried. I had. I, it's funny because I never knew like what the true meaning behind Veggie Tales was until I went over to a friend's house. And we got like 10, 15 minutes into the show. And I was like, oh, this is what this is about? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I didn't. Oh, you guys are. Oh, I think I need to go home. <laughs> I'm good. Um, but yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, what is a movie that you can watch once and you never have to watch it again? My one and done. Requiem for a dream. Yeah, not the first time it's been said. I don't need to ever see that again. I don't need to ever see that again. I'm going to be honest with you, Doug. I have never seen it, and I never have oh. to see it again. No. Here's, in college, like my freshman year, I dated this gal, and we like swapped movies one time, and she brought over Requiem, and I gave her 
crabs. I don't know. <laughs> I want to say like best in show or something. Fucking amazing. I know, I know. And then we stopped seeing each other and we never ended up switching movies back. And I I was just so pissed. I ended up throwing that movie away, Requiem, because I have no fucking reason for it. And she's like, this is my favorite movie. And I'm like, oh, it makes sense why we didn't work out now. But I threw it out because I never need to see that again. And I, I'm still pissed that I, I got rid of Best in Show, you know? I would, yeah. That's, that's... I was definitely at the poor end of that deal. Big I'm going to... I'm going to say that Best in Show is is probably my second or third favorite Christopher Guest film. Ooh, what do you have in front of it? A Mighty Wind. Oh, I do love A Mighty Wind. A Mighty Wind is... I drove... I remember... A Mighty Wind is... is okay, no, okay, okay. So I also saw For Your Consideration in the theater. But A Mighty Wind is the... is is I went and saw Bulletproof Monk with my dad at a movie theater right by our house. And I remember driving home... I remember going online. I remember doing the math in my head because I knew the, the, like at one point in my life, like I knew the route so well, I knew how many traffic lights there were between my house and where I like certain, certain areas. I knew that there were 13 traffic lights. I knew there were, that there were four, you know, and, and I looked at the time and I went, I can make it. So I literally saw bulletproof monk went home, took off right away and drove from Encinitas to uh, San Marcos uh, and caught a mighty wind literally right as it was starting. Like I missed, I missed the I missed the, the trailers and I got in just right as it was going. I took almost a front row seat uh, and, and fucking loved it from the moment I saw a mighty wind to, to today. Oh, hey, what happened? <laughs> I fucking love a mighty, a mighty wind. Like I I can watch that one. I can watch best in show. Uh, every day, uh, waiting for Guffman is is hilarious. Uh, for your consideration, I probably have to rewatch because I really did not like it the first time I watched it, and that was the only time I watched it. Um, I've seen that one. It's 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 the lesser of the of. The, I'm not saying it's a bad movie because I don't think that Christopher Guest makes bad movies, but it is it is like I don't think that Mel Brooks makes bad movies. But Dracula Dead and Loving It is my least favorite Mel Brooks movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and and so, um, yeah, no, I fucking love, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christopher Guest is amazing. Best in show. Yeah, Mighty Wind is probably my, my favorite of, of his movies. Mm. Uh, but that being said, uh, it is funny that he, uh, he played the Six Finger Man. Because, of course, he had to ha- go to 11. <laughs> well played. Well played. With that being said, uh, I know you say you don't go to the movies a lot. What was the last movie you saw in the theater? Oh, God. Um... Oh, God. Or, or was it, oh, God, you devil? I mean, I know George Burns has been passed away for a while, but... Oh, I... that, that's a movie there. If you didn't know, there's a movie called Oh God with George Burns. And then he made a sequel called Oh God, You Devil. Actually, uh, last movie I did see, not in theaters, but at the drive-in, because Ooh, that's oh, my sure. preferred form when we go to see movies, was Joker. Oh, The with new what? Joker. Yeah, new one, new one with uh, Joaquin. Yeah. Phoenix, so, sure, sure, sure. Really, in love, really liked that one. Really had a good time there. The, uh, the, 
I don't remember. We didn't watch it. We didn't okay. stay. What did you think of Joker? Oh, really liked it. Did not, was not what I was expecting, but in all the right ways. Like, it's just a fantastic movie. That's great. That's great. I love it. Uh, I thought it was, it was fantastic. Um, anything else you'd like to add for Joker? Um, I don't know. It's one of those where it's like, it's not even, it, it, it's technically a superhero movie or in the superhero genre, but the fact that it's 100% not a superhero movie, I think is what was what I was not expecting, but what I really enjoyed about it. Because going into, like, quote-unquote superhero movie, I didn't expect to go for that emotional journey. And they fucking took me, you know? Sure, sure. So, I just... I, for going into a Batman film, it's not what I thought it was going to be. And I was very pleasantly surprised. I like to consider it more of an origin, for, more origin story than a, a superhero story, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was great. I saw it twice in the theater. Uh, with that, uh, we do come to the, the final question of the show. Uh, listener recommendation, a, a movie that you love that you'd like to recommend to the listeners for them to check out. Uh, one that I think flies under the radar a lot is Four Rooms. Because we talked about uh, some... Tarantino, yeah, earlier, yeah. And that's just a really fun romp. Like, Tim Roth is just fantastic in it. Sure. And each of the four, like, mini films in it are a lot of fun and just, it's great. Yeah, and if it weren't for Four Rooms, we probably never would have gotten From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, really? <clears throat> so, so, so the way I've heard the story, and, and I've never had it confirmed denied either this or that, uh, one of the directors of the movie was Robert Rodriguez, one of the directors Correct. of the film was Quentin Tarantino, they were talking on set one day, and Rodriguez essentially offhandedly said like he's been wanting to do a vampire film. And Tarantino said, funny enough, I have a script for a vampire film. Interesting. It's essentially, that's essentially how I heard it happened. Is, is, is Rodriguez basically said, like, I want to do a vampire film. Tarantino said, I have a script for a vampire film. And, and from there you have From Dust Till Dawn. Well, bumping back to a previous question... That was another childhood crush. Still is. Salma Hayek. I was going to say George Clooney? <laughs> well, I mean, he was pretty dreamy in that film. But it's impossible to watch From Dusk Till Dawn and not have a thing for Salma Hayek. Oh, Are sure. And then you just follow that up with Desperado. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was actually more of a... Uh, she had a much smaller part in it. But Once Upon a Time in Holly... Or Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. That one is fucking awesome. Dogma. Right. Dogma is probably my least favorite Kevin Smith film, but I love Salma Hayek in it. Let me rephrase that. It is, my, it, it is my least favorite. It is my least favorite Kevin Smith film in the View Askew universe. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because, no, I haven't seen Tusk. I haven't seen Yoga Hosers yet. I saw Red State. I thought Red State was interesting. I didn't think it was amazing, but I thought it was... It was. I liked Red State more than I thought I would like it. I liked Tusk less than I thought I would like it. Yeah, but 
I kind of Holtzman fucking kills it in Tusk. He's the best part of that film. Okay, I might have to check that one out. The wife, the wife's been wanting to check out some horror films, so uh, maybe, maybe we'll do Tusk. Uh, with that though, uh, we do come to the end of the show, uh, and this is where you get to uh, plug yourself. Other than what you do every Thursday night with the wife. I mean, that's, that's pegging. That's good. Sorry, sorry. Pegging, pug, pl- plugging. There's a difference. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ah. <laughs> please. Please go ahead. And, uh, and, and where can people find you? What do you, where, where, what do you got going on? Uh, I can be found at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pro Wrestling Tees. All of those at slash Dirty It Dirty Doug. So dirty it, you got to write it twice. Dirty Dirty Doug. Dirty, dirty Doug. That's great. Uh, Doug, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's here in what is December or perhaps January. I'm chilly. And hopefully it's a good new new year. Uh, As we we send off here, uh, here at the last podcast you want, we try and keep a PMA, a positive mental attitude, uh, which is something that regardless – of whether we are in these crazy quarantine times or we are out of them or we are in the new year, we always should be trying to keep a positive mental attitude. We do not need to be bullying people and anyone in the wrestling community uh, around these times will know exactly what I'm talking about. We don't need to be bullying people. We don't need to be sending out that negative attitude. We try and keep a PMA. Do you have any words of positivity uh, or a personal mantra that you would like to leave the, uh, the, the, the fans with here as we, as we end the show? I think in the vein of positive mental attitude, just be excellent to each other. That's it. Well. Just like Bill and Ted said. Exactly. Excellent. Uh, That's for a reason, my man. uh, Say that one one more time. What did you just just say? Be excellent to each other. Okay. Well, the, the last thing you had said cut out, but if you just said be excellent to each other. Yeah, be excellent to each other. Oh, okay. Yeah, I said it's a classic for a reason, my man. That's what it is. It's a classic for a reason. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of The Last Podcast You Want. And until next week, tip the veal, try the staff. I'll see you then. Thanks for coming to see our show. Sad to tell you we got to go. Grab your hat and head for the door. Didn't notice very anymore. If you like our show, tell everyone but. If you think it's great, keep it.